Welcome aboard our vessel. I'll be your captain. Join me and my trusty ally, the cook, as we set sail through our relationship with music, film, literature, and everything in between, as well as our ongoing exploration into mental health and well-being. Anchors up. So it's time for another comeback. Um, we seem to like having our little breaks, not telling people we're taking breaks, just disappearing. Um, Thanks for you know the two people who got in touch, worried about our whereabouts and checking we're we're okay. But yeah, we're back. We'll, we'll do our general check in. A um, little bit different with the challenges that we'll review them later on in the episode. But yeah, Mr. Cook, what's what have you been brewing? Well, it's uh, yeah, we've had a bit of a gap, and like you say, I think we we are the comeback kings, in we so well self-proclaimed. Yeah, <laughs> but um, no, it's uh, it'll it'll come out through the pod about why we've had a little break um, there's been again there always is a lot going on in everyone's mm. lives um, but you know I think for both of us we've had and particularly for you as well I think we've had a, we've had a lot going on haven't we but yeah all good mm. I think we felt ready to come back because it wasn't a given that we were going to do one this week was no. it it was just we sort of you know we naturally fell into it and that's kind of how how this pod goes for us we don't make money we don't you know we just do it for enjoyment and for for you guys listening so I'm alright man how's, uh, how's things with you yeah yeah well all good. I'm back in schools now, so it's uh, I've, had, I've had an interesting day today. First sessions again, re- meeting clients again. Um, one, well, actually, no, it's the same same lad. He was very flatulent, which was wonderful <laughs> in an enclosed space. <laughs> and I always bring like a soft football just to warm up, you know, and see how we go. He managed to whack it into my nether regions, and I genuinely had to take a knee. <laughs> and he was just laughing his head off. So good to be back. Yeah. So, so, Loving it. The, the joys of working with children, I suppose, it is. isn't it? it yeah, is. absolutely. Yeah. I bet you laughed when he fluffed as well, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I didn't go into that corner of the room though, because it was it was very enclosed. I was quite worried about uh, what the smell might do to me. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, it is it is good to be back. And I think, like I said, with work, it's a it's a hectic time, but you know, it keeps us going. And I feel the world is picking up pace. And I don't mm. know um, how I feel about that. I think mm-hmm. we've had a period mm-hmm. of time where we've been in second and third gear and everyone's starting to ramp through i suppose again part of this pod you know when we get back to setting challenges and stuff and reminding people of resources i suppose it's again an invitation to get involved in them really isn't it mm-hmm. you know get involved in them look after yourselves these pods are an opportunity to drift off mm-hmm. listen to something for a while listen to us ramble on rabbit on about whatever but it is a distraction yeah um but i, I think i just noticed that i don't know about you captain but it just seems to be speeding up again yeah it's definitely uh open things are opening up i mean i feel okay you know we'll talk about certain events we've been to recently but just yeah the expectations there's not as much of oh when you're ready or in your own time it's more i want it yesterday yes and i want it done yesterday so speaking of wanting it done yesterday uh we better hurry up with this now haven't we yes let's move on It was a bright cold day in April and the clocks were striking 13. Winston Smith, his chin nuzzled into his breast in an effort to escape the vile wind, slipped quickly through the glass doors of Victory Mansions, though not quickly enough to prevent a swirl of gritty dust from entering along with him. Okay, here's in the back of my uh, necklace into that. Um, 
I know for, there will be some people out, out there who immediately recognise what that is, yeah. um, and there will be some people out there who are thinking, "What the hell is the guy banging on about?" But <laughs> is this part of the story that they've been doing, or you know? But, I mean, um, we've got a lot better if this is our story. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, if we ever you know get compared to all, well, that's good. But yeah. yeah, we are doing something a bit different today, Captain, mm. aren't we? So uh, yeah, tell tell people again. This is a first love of ours, a first connection, really. Wasn't it is, it? yeah, and obviously you know, same as doing the Joker when you look. In our introduction, we mentioned music, film, literature, and everything in between. So we we thought we'd bring one of our well, one of our favourite novels, um, nineteen eighty four by George Orwell slash Eric Blair. Um, yeah, and and it leads into you know music and stuff. But as you mentioned, it it was one that we both we kind of bonded over sort yeah. of in some of our first conversations when um, slightly less sober than normal. Um, yeah, and just sort of having chat through things, but also one that I think I know I did, and I'm pretty sure you did. We both returned to to read through yes, lockdown because did. of the themes that were there and what comes out. I mean, this is one which I think we could we could probably I mean, we say it for a lot. We could probably talk for days. I mean, I, I think I could record the audio book now. Yeah, yeah, after yeah. That little practice. So <laughs> I might I might read the uh, the last chapter. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, to see how we go, but. There's a lot to get through here, so obviously, you know, there may be some themes that people may expect us to touch on that we don't, um, you know, and vice versa. But yeah, kick us off. Where are we going? Where's Orwell taking us first? Well, I think the first thing is the fact that you know you're in for a ride with this book when it says the clock strikes 13. Yeah. You know, I know we're used to digital time and stuff like that now, but obviously this was 1949, wasn't it? And it was a definite play on words by Orwell. Mm. And kind of then you get introduced to like new speak as it's called don't mm-hmm. you um and the contradictory sort of um sort of statements that are put out there um like freedom is slavery and what is it war is peace isn't mm-hmm. it and a, and a couple of the other ones so i think straight off the bat there that's all well playing with the notion that um you know you we can manipulate anything well governments and people in power can, mm-hmm. can manipulate anything that they want to and get people to believe that that is the case you know i mean i suppose if the government today went on a massive rampaging thing of saying the grass is actually blue the mm-hmm. grass is blue that it's never been green yeah it's always been blue and the sky's green over time over time we would start it. to believe it yeah. and that's what that is basically about is controlling people's thought mm-hmm. and speech isn't it effectively yeah and it's you know it is the way you know if you look at 1984 what they do is they just change history they rewrite everything in history so that yeah the grass the grass is blue yeah on anything which you read any pictures historically it it would change and it does show almost like the danger and and the power but also the fact that the people that do that that rewrite the reports newspapers they're called ironically the ministry of truth yes as well so you know that and a lot of it you know a lot of this novel you can easily link to today definitely it's a lot of it is premonition about what's happened where we are i a big thing most people will know is obviously big brother yes you know, big brother watching you and i'm pretty sure most people listening will have watched an episode if not more of big brother where i think i don't know where it was with yourself but i know me and charlotte were talking and saying that like, we you'd stay up at one in the morning yeah, yeah. Wa- you'd watch people sleep and you'd just be why am I doing it yeah yeah. it's like oh they moved oh they're getting up where are they yeah. going or just really just immersed in these people's lives that you've never met you don't know yeah it's um, it's fascinating that this was like 
you know 1949 that he brings mm. his book out you know you can't stress that enough and the whole term of big brother and the other aspect of big brother of course is big brother is watching you is just our daily lives and mm. that further intrusion mm -hmm. into our information I, I mean none of us know now where our information is no it's that far out there I remember we had the whole thing about accepting cookies and not and companies mm -hmm. had to make an effort of put oh it was a bigger banner have you noticed now mm -hmm. that that gets smaller and smaller yeah. and you because it blocks the page people just click you accept just click and it. move on yeah. you yeah. know and that basically provides access to all of your information hence mm -hmm. why you know when you're scrolling through your Instagram or whatever Oh, I'm getting adverts about things I've been thinking about buying, or I've been, you know, mm -hmm. searching for, or whatever. So it's it's interesting to think that, and I, you know, it's also interesting to know actually that Orwell worked for the British uh, government before he wrote 1984 during World War II as a propagandist for the BBC, mm. um, and and it's obviously been led to think perhaps you know working in that industry formed the Ministry of Truth, because obviously. N newspapers have got a lean in haven't they either side an editorial line that they follow um and in that one what they do is obviously they just delete history but think about nowadays right you know if something bad will happen it'll rile mm. you up right mm. on the telly like i really don't agree with that or whatever but you won't remember it in two three months time no because more information will come out and different your attention will be diverted with other things um, and that's kind of what the book's about, isn't it? It's because it's deleted, it's forgotten about, and actually you're not allowed to think about it anyway. No. So if you talk about it, you'll just, well, you become an unperson and you're yeah. removed. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that you've got people who can just read your thoughts, you yeah. know, the thought police. So, you know, you really, you need to be careful about what you think, but also on the other switch, which I found interesting, it almost is like watching the news, um, the two minutes of hate, mm. <laughs> you know, the opportunity just to shout and scream abuse at people, you know, it's like, specific people on um on twitter you know celebrities where it is if you read what they're writing it's yeah. like instantly you get that feeling you get that element of hate but they are even being watched that then you know being watched of having to show anger repulsion to you know well the person who's seen as the bad person in the novel but I say it's Goldstein, isn't it? And then, but I'm pretty sure at one point he was an ally and then it switches and it's yes. just it's constantly at war with different areas and that's where they have to change everything. So like a few years ago, they were at war with one area, then all of a sudden they're at war with a different area. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, just just the way, you know, it's, it's just how, I guess how propaganda can work and the dangers of it as well, really. It's why it was written, wasn't it? Because Orwell was observing what was what had just happened with World War Two, mm. and you're looking at a, a fascist regime effectively in the in the Nazi Party. Also, though, on the other side of it, you know, that probably committed, I suppose, as bad, mm. uh, you know, sort of sort of war crimes and the way they treated their people was that you had the communism on the other side, didn't you, during that time? So Stalinism and Nazism, he'd observed it and he felt. That that's the way the world was going what's really interesting is i suppose um over time is the world's definitely especially in this part of the, the world has definitely got more right wing mm. you know and, and that's how i feel you know i should say um this we've spoken on a couple of pods before that the world very much now isn't us versus them so say we didn't know each other and we're in a pub and i overhear you that you voted for brexit and i voted mm. otherwise i'm instantly gonna have a picture of you that I don't like you mm. because you're on the other side. 
But so we would then maybe not talk about yeah. why you voted for that and why I voted otherwise. We would just automatically put you into a camp that you're not on my team. Mm. And I see a lot of that happening now. You know, it's interesting this week, and just on a little side note, but I think it's relevant. You know, Marcus Alonso for Chelsea football player came out and said he's no longer taking the knee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the on the football, um, you know, drawing attention to to racism um, because he feels it's lost his message. He's just going to point to the respect badge mm-hmm. on his on his arm. Automatically now, he's going to be made a prior by certain people yeah. for doing that without actually listening to the reasoning behind it. He feels that the and, and racism has continued in mm-hmm. football, hasn't it? Yeah. Hungary have just received a yeah. fine now for what they did to the England players. Yeah. But it's the same, not just racism, it's like all diversity. Because yes. Liverpool are being investigated now for two cha- um, two separate occasions where fans have been chanting um, homophobic right. songs and things. They've literally, that they came out today yeah. about it. So it's just... Yeah, it, it's not changing. <laughs> and I think what I mean by that, pulling it back to Orwell and the mm. propaganda side of it, is if you get your uh, information from mm. one source, I mean, what he's saying is basically this is a totalitarian regime. So, and, and don't forget, there are parts of the world where you can only read mm. certain information. You can't yeah. go on social media. Um, my father worked with a girl who was, was a student who'd come over from China, and she was trying to explain to my father, like, there's, there's certain websites they can't get mm. on. Right. Mm. So what it's saying is like, you know, your information is given to you. So you're building. This is the only way to live your life. You know what I mean? I think that's what he's trying to say in the book. He was warning ahead of the dangers of it, wasn't he, basically? Mm -hmm. Because like you had the thought police. That was effectively the KGB and the Gestapo. Yeah. Seemingly being everywhere, you know, and showing up. And that happened in the real world. We're reading a novel, but it was based on real circumstance, wasn't it? Mm. And it's interesting as well. Obviously, when I read it, and it's called 1984, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's only written a while ago. But it was that, it, it, the fact that he wrote it in 1949 <laughs> just makes it even more incredible about how realistic it is today yeah. and some of the bits which he's included. And it was it was something, you know, he, he technically wrote most of it on his deathbed. Um, yes. So he, he went to... I can't. I think it was somewhere in Scotland, and yeah, he he was literally just retyping the manuscript. Yeah. Whilst, yeah, I mean, what was it? He put apparently uh, it wouldn't have been so gloomy if he'd not been so ill. Yeah. It's very grey, isn't it? Yeah. Like when you're reading it, it's very. I mean, even the book cover's grey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, it's very. Um, it is. It's post-apocalyptic. There's been mm. a nuclear bomb, isn't there? And like you know, but the way he describes it is very atmospheric. Mm. Uh, you know, you view it in black and white, don't you? When you when you picture it in your head, um, and yeah, he had tuberculosis. And I mean, I think the book had only been out nine months when he when he died. But it's one of those books that generation after generation are picking up. Like there'll be no doubt that Nora will read that because when mm. she's asking me what my favorite is, right there. Like yeah. and I'll just point it out, yeah. and it's next to all the other Orwell books I've got. Yeah. And it's the book that like. I think most people I speak to have read it. <laughs> you know, they they've read it or studied it. You know, I mean, me, yeah. I don't know whether you did, but both me and Charlotte studied it in school. Yeah, definitely. This and The Handmaid's Tale. They were two yeah, interesting. Yeah, I know the other one, um, Aldous Huxley, Brave New World, who was Orwell's French teacher. Okay, I read all that today. Yeah, never knew that, and he was another one who wrote like futuristic novels, mm. wasn't he? And Brave New World is another interesting one for people, but. 
God, you do a whole another podcast on that. But what's really interesting as well in Orwell's novel, um, he was fighting tuberculosis mm. um, and obviously almost died while writing the novel because of that. And also he was on a recreational boat and trip with his children and he went overboard as well. So that was an opportunity where he could, you know, he could have died there, but he didn't and luckily he finished it mm. because it's probably gone down to be one of the greatest novels ever. There's just some other things I was reading, which it's just so... Well, yeah, it just it puts everything into a, in perspective of like you know what he was talking about in the book. So, Orwell was actually under government surveillance while he was writing the novel, um, <laughs> warning about government surveillance. Yeah, um, because the the British government were watching him because they believed he held socialist opinions. Um, after he'd published The Road to Wigan Pier, mm. which was all about poverty, wasn't it, in like the, the Northwest? He'd done like down and out in Paris and, and stuff as well, but this was specifically in the UK. Um, so the government then started to watch him to think, oh, hang on a minute now, is, are his What's books, because he, yeah. well, he was a popular writer, mm. you know, and, and authors can shape people's thoughts, can't mm. they? You know, if you read Orwell, he's your favourite author, um, you know, you're going to start to ha- ha- harbour those beliefs, mm. you, you know, just like you would with anyone else. So I just thought that was interesting that he's sat there writing a book about all this and he's being surveilled (laughs) himself and just the links to work in the propaganda department as well but um yeah i think it's one that will universities a level students gcse students will will always come back to just because of the nature of of what it's about and it's never been more relevant today for the points we just touched on it's so easy to be watched now isn't it and listened Mm. to you know and we're effectively giving them permission to do it as well aren't we you know so yeah that's uh that's kind of like initial thoughts on the book. Um, you've got a well, um, what should we say, well-thumbed copy of it there, yeah, which is, who's I do. it? Yeah, so this is Charlotte's one that she used, well, during her studies. So it's just sort of reading just some of her, some of her thoughts, actually. I could bring some of her voice Yeah, in. do it, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we can we can look at, oh, where should, we, where should I go? Let's go back to the start. There we go. Um, yeah, so, Ooh, helps if I can read her writing, doesn't it? So yeah, I mean, just well, reflection that Big Brother, it, Big Brother is watching you. It's written in capital letters. It's made to stand out, and it emphasised immediately an important part of society because you do like it's the, what was it the We Want You? Yes, yeah, that yeah, was in wall, massive capital letters. I think the Big Brother poster was sort of similar. Sort of the way they did he the was. poster in the films and things he like that. He was in the middle, wasn't he? Middle, he was around yeah. there, yeah, 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 yeah. looking out. And that's actually just touching on the film as well, just how gritty it is, you know, to watch and just. I don't, yeah, I almost want to say it's like a dirty film. Yeah. If that, if that makes sense, or just, you can just feel like the dirt on them. Yeah. Like through, just through the city and through everything. And one thing that always sticks with me is room 101 yeah definitely. um and obviously you know for for winston it was rats yeah. that he had that were brought brought in but then how room 101 was then turned more comical mm. <laughs> and it was so um it was nick hancock wasn't it yes uh ram then frank skinner wasn't it yeah after, yeah, yeah yeah about yeah people just thinking oh one thing they'd like to get rid of yeah you know, one thing they put in room 101 and they'd have a debate about it so i'll put you on the spot what would you what's the one thing if you could you put into room 101 put into room 101 there's so much that's such a hard question because it rem- it goes from the mundane to probably really deep thinking i'll veer away from deep thinking mm. and the mundane is um clogging up uh, supermarket aisles people mm-hmm. who just stop and talk in the middle of supermarket aisles and 
do not move for you and you have to mm-hmm. actually like tell them excuse me like out the way yeah. you know move out the way there's people behind you they're in a rush sometimes they're pissed off like people who do that to me just wind me up I'm sure mm-hmm. they're nice people mm-hmm. but I would chuck that element of them in the bin in room 101 basically because yeah what about you Any- Mine, well I experienced it today it's when if you've got road works ahead and it says in 800 yards it's going to go down oh, to two lanes don't. Yeah. why do you fly down the outside lane <laughs> If, I mean, we've got one literally, you know, outside our houses at the moment, but there's yeah. a few on the M4 today, and I was just looking, I was like, I just want to pull myself into the middle of these lanes and just yeah, stop yeah. these people. I do Because that. the reason it was getting slower and slower was because people were, and it, but then it shows, I mean, it's interesting, actually, the way mine is more annoyance at people's impatience, whereas yours is more impatience at yeah, people yeah. Yeah. My being impatience. lazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Your, own, your own impatience sort of coming out, but... I guess, yep, yeah, you know, linking it, I don't know, linking it to 1984, how how do we do it? I mean, I'm just open, well, I was quite lucky, I opened it as to the point where um, obviously Winston's been arrested and he's put, I must hold out till the pain becomes unbearable. So there yeah, we go. I know. <laughs> Maybe that's what we so need That's to like do. just me going into an Aldi <laughs> yeah. and seeing every lane clocked up like, yeah. yeah, so it's called, um, it's a technique called flooding, um, which sort of is meant to apparently cure um when people have fears and phobias so it, mm. what they do is yeah i i basically lock you in an aldi where every single aisle was full of people talking and not letting you through and you and find a way you're through you're just flooding them so this is it i know they've done it um previously rats and snakes they put someone in a room just full of them yeah just it's tr- absolutely petrified yeah. it's like whoosh there you go what can be worse than that there was a john richard program of john richardson the comedian mm. and i know that he felt he had ocd and he did a documentary yeah. about it, didn't yeah. he? Um, yeah. And he found out after that he actually didn't have clinical OCD because he met mm. people who suffered. It's, it's a terrible, terrible thing. Mm. Um, if 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 you suffer from it, and, and absolutely when we when I was watching that, I was so eye opening. Mm. Um, you know, because they took him then to a clinic, right, and showed how they can help to treat um, OCD. And some of the things there, I mean, I I wouldn't do, but for people who've got say issues with everything has to be clean at all mm. times they would take them into like the toilets and get them to touch the toilet pans yeah. and things like that and i mean i wouldn't do that but what they were saying on this yeah but we're dealing with people who we need to try and help to get mm. out of this routine mm. and crack and sometimes we have to go to extreme measures and i'm sure yeah. you've you've experienced there's loads of different elements of therapy in that but that was a big that was an interesting one for me watching that and watching how he actually realized maybe I actually haven't got he's clearly yeah. got you know tendencies you can see yeah. that the way he is but when you meet someone who can't get out the house mm. it puts yeah. it into perspective doesn't it and I, I mean it kind of shows again you know linking it back to the book I mean it's the proles isn't it they're called that's um, right and yeah. it's when when Winston and Julia go there and Winston sees it's interesting he sees sort of how little they have but in some other ways the beauty of what little they have yeah. as well where you know, they don't need to stand in one little corner of a room to be able to write in their diary. Yeah. You know, they they can do all they want. Obviously, ultimately, you know, they get spoiler. I'm sure everyone's read it. They get caught out. But yeah, yeah. Again, like just music, like him hearing music, the oranges and lemons. Yes. You know, and just the songs and that the part of history that hasn't been rewritten. Because I guess, however much you can try and rewrite history, there's always going to be people who will remember or there Keep will be a manuscript or something just saying well hold on no 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 you know this is this is it you know this is what what's going on and i guess that's kind of where the internet comes in but you know can you delete the internet is that 
is that something which you know there's always the number of times we see now even on who um, I know there was a cricketer recently who was I think he was dropped for a number of games because of something he put on Twitter when he was 16 and he was 24 yeah. now yeah you know it's like you can't you can't erase erase history but no. I know also if we're looking at the internet you know and people maybe foreseeing the internet and linking in with 1984 I know you you wanted to he, I think he's only stepping on the boat for now I don't think he's it's not guest. his bit yeah he's not a full guest yeah he's making a bit of a guest appearance maybe in a hologram yes we'll bring yeah. him in. i think actually that's something he'd do i reckon is yeah. appear as a hologram on the boat so yeah go yeah it's david bowie i think like we will definitely do a pod or two on him in the future mm -hmm. because again he's got so many different characters and he and obviously an amazing artist that we love as well but just as it's specifically linked to the book he released an album uh, called Diamond Dogs mm -hmm. um, and initially he the music that he'd written for that um, sort of 1973-74 he wanted to turn into a musical based on 1984 effectively okay. um, but George Orwell's widow Sonia blocked it um, so he was really upset about that and um, I think he said something like for someone who was married to a socialist, she's the snobbiest or most mm. right-wing person I've met. But there are reports that George, uh, Bowie never actually got to meet her. So you know, yeah. he, he writes his own history a bit as well, doesn't mm. he, Bowie, in terms of what happened. But I think she'd rejected any adaptation works of 1984 because she wasn't pleased with the first film that was done. It was like the 50s, I think, they adapted a film of it. It's actually on YouTube, a very mm. grainy film, but it's interesting okay. to watch, but she didn't like it, so they stopped it. But he did obviously had some songs written, mm. like Big Brother, um, and 1984 um, that did get into the um, that got onto the album. Very good songs. 1984 is one of his one of his big hits, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I just love some of the lines in there. I'll just read a bit of this out to you because it's so bowy. Like, but someday they won't let you. Now you must agree. The times they are a telling, and the changing isn't free. You've read it in the tea leaves, and the tracks are on TV. Beware the savage lure of 1984. And then just a bit. They'll split your pretty cranium and fill it full of air. And I thought mm -hmm. that's just like such a such a good phrase, but um, you know maybe musically we'll go back to to Bowie. But it was in, something specific I told you about, wasn't it? A while ago, did you watch it? Did I get you to watch it in the end? The interview with Paxman. Yes. Yeah. 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 Before me going on about it, what did just the things he was talking about in there? I, well, it's weird, sort of. I mean, it's almost like Nostradamus, isn't it? When you when you're watching it and you're like, "Yep, that happened. Yep, yeah. that's going to happen." But then almost putting it in your mind as to going back to when it was recorded, which was, was it 99, is that right? Or 2000, yeah, it was right, yeah. right on the millennium. Around, it, yeah, 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 and it's like, what? no, that's not gonna happen. I mean, no, it's, well, essentially it's like, now the whole place will blow apart by the millennium bug anyway. You know, yeah. There won't be any technology <laughs> yeah. for, for this period of time. But yeah, just, and also interesting, like, well, actually, I didn't really know sort of what everyone's reaction was to what he said, yeah. because I think if someone, you know a musician or football star someone came forward and said that sort of stuff now i think they get quite a big backlash yeah yeah you know, and obviously this was a time before social media really kicked off yes that much you almost saw what was coming i mean there's a line in there where i mean you can see not in a horrible way i mean paxman's still about obviously but they put paxman saying you know fans of paxman say but paxman saying like um you know, it was like that typical having a conversation with your grandparent, mm. like that'll never happen. You know, this won't happen. Mm -hmm. No, 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 you don't know. You, you can't see ahead of time. 
And I think uh, basically Paxman says to him, it's, it's just a tool, isn't it? You know, that surely it's just a tool. Mm. And um, he goes, I don't think we've even seen the tip of the iceberg. I think the potential of what the internet is going to do to society, both good and bad, is unimaginable. Mm -hmm. I think we're actually on the cusp of something exhilarating and terrifying. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to your point earlier about can you delete the internet? And there's that cricket player who, you know, he makes a remark however many years ago and yeah. they troll it back up. And he was he's not the same person now as he is then, but he's got no chance of providing context. It's that mm. thought police element that I've met yeah. before. You've said this, that goes against that what we want in view. Yeah. So you're out, you're an person, yeah. you know, in yeah. it, like, you know, you, you're out. So, but I just mm. think in that interview, I, I go back to it regularly because mm. you're listening to someone talking 21 years ago who predicted exactly what yeah. happened to the yeah. internet. And he yeah. turned around and said, didn't he, like, we've not had a big revolution since sort of, I think he said hip hop actually referred to mm -hmm. it. It was like rock and roll, then there was hip hop. And then he said, now it's the internet. Mm -hmm. And he was taught, he talks about how fans will interact with musicians and shape their art, will 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 form it. And I think we've messaged some of our music bands that we mm -hmm. like and they've come back to you. Come you back, can interact yeah. with them directly. Yeah. Like it's yeah, I just thought that was so relevant then to this, bearing in mind that he wrote that album as well that wanted to be mm -hmm. a musical. I would have loved to have seen a Bowie nineteen eighty four musical. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I think wow, actually wow. I don't know whether I could imagine seeing Labyrinth in 1984 <laughs> merge together. I think that would be a, uh, it would just blow your mind, literally. Well, <laughs> can I, can, someone for you, obviously we've talked about, we've, well, we've, I think we've only scratched the surface of, of your mm. love for theatre. But um, when he had to move away from the 1984 idea, um, he had began using William S. Burroughs cut-up technique mm -hmm. as a way for in the space. So William S. Burroughs was a writer and he was very chopping up and, and just mashing scenes together. And off the back of that, he had actually spoke of doing a musical based on Ziggy Stardust, right? Um, where he said, 40, 40 scenes are in it, and it would be nice if the characters and actors learned the scenes, and we all shuffled them around in the, the, the afternoon of the performance, and just performed it as the scenes came out. That would be cool. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, that would be reacting in the moment. <laughs> you know, I think we've touched on some of that in Improvisation, all of that sort of stuff, yeah. That makes yeah. me go back to the Pussy Riot episode when it was, what was that art movement called? Beat, is it, um, oh, where they would just show up base. I can't even remember. We had the name. Oh, um, oh, wow. Oh, I mean, it's called like a happening. A happening. But, That's yeah. the one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, but coming back to 1984, mate, just I thought that that was a nice link. And Bowie, don't, but we've been asked to do Bowie. Mm -hmm. We're trying to whittle a big man's life down. Yeah, like, I know. You know. Yeah. I think we got it down to three, three episodes so far yeah. for him at some point. So... Yeah, they'll be they'll be coming. But yeah, back to I suppose coming to the end of an, uh, of 1984. I think um, you know it's interesting that most people I spoke to own a copy of it. Um, if you haven't read it in recent times, um, it's probably now is the right back, time, isn't go it? Go back to read hundred percent, especially like for me reading it during lockdown, whilst also watching all the news about the pandemic. De Pandemic. 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 That's how we yeah. feel about it. That's what, that, can, that can go into room 101. <laughs> about the pandemic and thing. You know, it really it, it opened my eyes almost to what what the news was doing as well. Yes. You know, yes. and it just made me well, essentially, you know, as we know, I I took Facebook off my phone, I'd stepped away from watching the news just because it was like, no, this isn't good for me. Yeah. You know, definitely. Really I can see what's happening here. Yeah. I am... Um, I definitely took a step back from the news during the pandemic at one mm. point when I felt I was, I talked about in the pile, come out in a cabin session, but when I was at my lowest during mm. this, I was feeding it 
That's what yeah. a lot of people do, don't they? You yeah. feed your anxiety, you feed your fears. Um, and to the point when you re- see people not wanting to go out, you yeah, know, they had this section in their head, like, you know, if I go out and I hug my grandmother, they're going to die. You know, it's yeah. going to be my fault. Um, so, yeah, like you, I think stepping away from there was an important thing. Just reading, think how sinister this is again. It's so Orwell, right? Mm. You're reading how many people died a day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Oh, that's 10 more than yesterday. There was no names behind these people. No. You know, it just, it, it I mean, numbers I, I could, didn't it? It's almost but like, there were a couple of times we just did like a higher or lower. Oh, is Brazil higher or yeah. lower than the America in deaths? You know, and it became almost a, I don't, I don't know, it was just like, I think we became so detached from yeah. the fact that it was death. It was like, oh, let's just look at numbers, you know, and that's all you were seeing was numbers. Like, well, no, these are people who've died. <laughs> we were celebrating just a lower figure. A lower figure, yeah. Like, it's, incre- it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, if it goes, if we have under 300 people infected and this many people die in a week, then yeah. we'll be able to go to the pub. Yeah. It, it was literally like that, wasn't it? The yeah. more people, so that's a, you know, a good thought to think about. Mm. So yeah, anything else from, from your side, Captain? It's just an interesting one for me with my line of work that I, I found out was literally that George Orwell um, adopted his son. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never yeah, knew that. Which I, no, I didn't know. So R- Richard Blair, yeah, and he just says that he's something he said. like, um, So Orwell died when Richard was six, and he said he remembers Orwell changing his nappy, feeding him after his mother died. And then that he remembered the clack of his typewriter. So that was also the period when he was writing 1984, that he was also looking after his adopted son. It was just a nice, yeah. That's a nice touch, I didn't isn't know. it? Mm. Yeah, especially like you said, in your line of work. And I should say, actually, because we did our, we could do a, a cabin session on Room 101 things, couldn't we? Mm. But um, let us know, listeners, like, what would you print of Room yeah. 101? Because I, I love listening to people's pets because yeah. they get really passionate about it. Yeah. And just an interesting side note, when Orwell did work as a propagandist for the BBC, mm. there was a conference room there that was numbered 101. Okay. And this was the room of which he based the location on. Because it is a great name, isn't it? Like yeah. room room 101. It just works. And now obviously it's, it's a great now memory. I thought that's nice. So please write in to us. Let us know what your room 101 thing or things are. So I was sat in our favourite coffee shop, The Nook, mm-hmm. this morning after dropping my beautiful daughter off to nursery, and I was reflecting on the pod that we were going to record today, and I just wrote this, unedited, okay, but it's just called Paranoid, or Am I Paranoid? No one's had a poem off me for a while, have they? No, right. no, apart from the ones that she sent me via text, but I can't You're, read You haven't had any of them for a while, have you? Oh no, they're just my love letters to you. Yeah. Um, so, Am I Paranoid? Everyone tells you this and that their opinions as your fact hard to be yourself these days the disease of the modern ways screen suck us in virtual reality nothing's real spinning insanity same man outside the shop real or droid maybe it's the thought police am i paranoid i'm an unperson i see outside the lines but if they catch me i won't remain alive am i paranoid maybe it's just me maybe i'm losing my grip endless anxiety one long horrible trip what can i do go back to work pay the machine life's apparent perk what's the alternative what else is there i'm going berserk am i paranoid no i'm annoyed why can't others see it how can i convince them wake up for christ's sake don't submit don't be condemned can't you see it's all fake am i paranoid
Okay, so this is the usual segment where we would drop anchor mm -hmm. um, and tell a chapter of our story, but we're going to hold off on that this week because the captain has, and then being Jamie, I'm not uh, winding him up this time, he's just uh, completed a fantastic achievement um, in the David Goggins Challenge for raising money for the Jacob Abraham Foundation. Um, and I was in a lot of contact with you for that time. I run mm. a leg of it with you, and I know you had many others help you out. Um, but we thought it'd be a good time to reflect on it. So that's the first thing I'm asked you to do. Reflect on it, the experience, mate. How, how did it go? I think that's why I tell people I'm going to be writing a paper on it. So yeah. please wait for that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's hard to sort of put it down into how it was very succinctly. Um, I'm sure I bored a lot of people about it. But um, it was hard. And I definitely struggled in some areas. Um, I'd say... You know, as I mentioned, there was one run where you completed your playlist, thank you, by giving me um, and gave it to me. So that was your challenge. And I couldn't remember half the songs on it. Yeah. From my run. I couldn't remember really where I ran, apart from Strava telling me. But straight after that one, I knew I was going to complete the challenge. So I think that's where people say, like, you break through the wall. And his mantra is that once you, when you get through the wall, you've got another 40% in right. you. And I felt that. I really felt like the extra, because, I mean, I had one two hours sleep every now and again if i was lucky yeah um my legs were just they were struggling but i don't know yeah they weren't as bad i was lucky that i kept i was very regimented in my approach and making sure i stretch making sure i was trying to eat stuff eating was really difficult like trying to tell your body to eat at two o'clock in the morning yeah i'm telling you your body doesn't want to eat forcing it down it was four yeah. i was i was i was eating nice cheese slices not the plastic kind <laughs> and drinking cashew milk and that's all i could eat but you have to have something in you have to have something i lost eight kilograms so if people want a quick weight loss scheme go go do four miles every four hours for 48 hours yeah it's yeah. amazing i want to say officially like well done you know Thank i you. think like yeah i joined you for four miles and i, I remember thinking to myself because i had to go away for work and that was after you'd done your first one through the night, wasn't it, that, that one? Yeah. And we yeah. talked about on the run, you said these early hour, the four o'clock, you already had in mm. mind the 4 a.m. like the, the next, next day, day was, yeah. gonna, was gonna be the hard one. And we both said though, didn't we? Get through that, you're through it. Because mm. daylight will kick in, you're on the home run. Yeah. Um, and I suppose as well, you're raising money for the court, you know, we, we've took them, mm. more has come out about the foundation over time, um, but the money's been put to very good use as well, isn't it? Yeah, so it's been approved that the money received um, at the moment, I think I'm at one thousand three hundred seventy pounds. I'll probably close it on like the first of October. Um, but yeah, the money received will be put towards uh, just developing our therapeutic items, so stuff that may cost a bit more, which you know we we wouldn't really just buy. So like yeah. weighted blankets, some sensory items, different books, maybe get a library, which we can then hand out to clients and things but on that note you've just reminded me i was going to say it in the outro but i want to give um i'm not on it you know and i don't think i ever should go on it but TikTok. Mm. uh so TikTok uh last week actually on the back of um a publication uh that came out about suicide and people searching um methods of suicide on on an instagram on TikTok and things um, they've actually announced a set of features where, where people, if people look at that, that it will instantly guide them and take them to the appropriate websites for support and stuff. So, I mean, I'm not a fan, you know, I've never been on it, but yeah, you know, I literally, I'll show you. So you yeah. search suicide on TikTok. 
and you get the support and it comes resources. up with the support resources and number for the Samaritans and I, I mean fair play to them <laughs> I mean I don't know whether the owner of TikTok listens but if he does you know, thanks <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah well you done. know what me, and I think social media is very slow to react to a lot of things mm. um, so it's great to see them taking you know a stand on that and, and that's amazing but I think going back to like what you did and I think those the funds are going to be put to very good use there's going to be a lot of people who need those resources are going to get mm -hmm. help from it any initial reflections from le learns from yourself what's the what did you learn oh, about wow. yourself during the challenge big or small yeah I'm an idiot <laughs> I think <laughs> I that was the you first are. thing first thing I learned is like why on earth did I do it um I think I mean I've I've known on somewhere if I put my mind to something I get it done but I think this really opened my eyes to I can push through barriers yeah. you know I, I can get places um, also interestingly just how aware I need to be of my own mind when I'm tired you know and just the different places it goes um, especially running on your own running in the dark like just thoughts that can come into your mm. head um, but same as sort of working with lack of sleep and just how vulnerable you can be um, to emotions, to things that come out. I mean, I was fortunate. I was actively researching myself at the same time. So I was very aware of what was going on, mm. where my thoughts were going. I just like, oh, that's interesting. Whereas for me then going to work with, you know, a lot of clients who struggle with sleep, you know, will function on one or two hours sleep. It's like, oh, actually I, I can relate a little bit into yeah. why that happens and what works for me. Um, and again, like the, I don't need, this is a weird one, we don't want to lose listeners, I don't need as much caffeine as I thought I did. Wow. Yeah, just cutting out, cutting down and cutting out caffeine helped me no end when I did have one, the perk I felt. Yeah. Like not drinking caffeine for a long time and then having a coffee was <laughs> incredible. I was floating, but then I couldn't sleep. So it was kind of a catch-22. Yeah. I had a really good run, but then I couldn't sleep till my mid like till um, probably one o'clock in the morning after yeah. my midnight run. So it was kind of a bit of both. Get on the baseball. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, but, yeah I did, yeah. Um, I, well, just bringing it, bringing it to a bit of a close. I know that there may be more, and I know you're mm -hmm. gonna share as well images through Jake Abraham, but the equipment you get off the mm -hmm. back of it, and then we can provide more updates on that. But mate, you raised around just shy of 30 quid a mile so far. Yeah. And that's amazing, isn't right. it? You know yeah. what can be done. It's a nice, nice payment, isn't it? So you're you're an idiot, yeah. but you're a good idiot. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. It's interesting. People are asking me what my next challenge is now, and I, haven't decided that one yet. So we'll see. And it's a funny society. We're just coming back to a remark on that. Um, and I saw a poster bar. I'll see if I can find it and share it on our page. But, um, and I felt this when Sarah and I were together, and everyone's like they're together. So, so mm. when you're getting engaged, mm. when you get when you get when you get engaged, when you're getting married, mm -hmm. when you're having children, yeah. when you're having your next child, yeah. you can have three, you can have mm -hmm. four, you know, and all that. And that, I think, again, think about when you're talking to people about where they might be coming they from. Might, yeah. The better yeah. Que the better questions to ask are how are you doing. Mm. You know what I mean. How's things going with you? And let people actually answer. Because it's almost like you're setting someone a challenge that they might not necessarily want to do or make them think yeah. about things that are upsetting to them. Um, exactly. That just made me touch on that. Yeah, man. I don't no, know why no, you just completely came true. And especially, you know, for me, with my experience working in fostering and adoption, yeah. you know, some questions people really need to think before they ask. Fair. Good one to close on, mate. Right, that was... 
it's great to hear your reflections and I know more will come out about it over time you're probably still reflecting a little mm-hmm. bit on the challenge I hope people enjoyed the Orwell element as well and the links into Bowie and stuff we could have gone anywhere with it we could have yeah. spent hours we might even come back to it in the future um, we'll see how it we'll see how it goes but yeah we want to know your room 101s send that in anyway back to setting challenges for each other because I've given you a rest of a night mm-hmm. after your mm-hmm. 4 by 4 by 48 and we do like to get listeners to introduce our next voyage so I'm going on a stag do with the first guest that we ever had on this show, the lovely Mr. Tom Meyer. So um, I was. I thought eight... you were going to say Keith Moon. Can you imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> I've brought him back from the dead. Yeah, just, just for these. <laughs> over to Keith. Like, yeah, just for these four words. <laughs> so I'm going to pass over to Tom Meyer, who very kindly is going to introduce this next section. On our next voyage. I would like to say that he wasn't on his way drunk there, but he definitely mm. was, to be honest. I think that yeah. comes across yeah. in his fault. I think he's had a few shandies, <laughs> just a couple. <laughs> what have you got yeah. for me, Captain? Um, so I'm, I'm linking into 1984. I, I could give you a week to read it, but that would be a bit boring. Um, and you'd do it. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, my challenge for you is simply, when, you, when you're switching on the TV, when you're looking at your phone, just be aware of why you're doing it. Do you need to? Okay. Yeah, just be aware of technology and why you're using it and whether it's necessary. And I think, right, I was, I've, I've actually been thinking about stuff for that lately. When well, I've wasted time and I've got other things I could mm-hmm. be doing, mm-hmm. so I will. De- that's a challenge where I will, I will um, I'll focus on. For you, it is again. It's linked into 1984. I think we often get, you know, a narrative that we're not free. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know we're controlled. You hear elements of that, then you all we're dictated to by the news that goes on. But the world's a beautiful place. So I just want you to write down three freedoms that you're grateful for and why. What what freedoms do you cherish? So that's that's another one done. Um, no, we are back. We we are also just so people know we're recording a few like short specials, um, just for times when maybe we are busy or we just want to put something different in. Um, so there shouldn't be as many ta- gaps um, between our episodes, and you might just have a few little treats of uh, short things coming in now and again. Uh, but yeah, onto the outro. So it's kind of covering, you know, it's great just hearing your feedback and hearing from you all. And I wanted first, I'm going to touch on where I know a while ago I put about hearing, listening to your favourite quotes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we've we've had a couple of quotes back. Um, so we've had one from Dan, uh, which I, I may try and do in, in the right um, thing. So it's good to the chopper. <laughs> um, we had... We had and we had two from Kerry. One which I think I mean we we know what film this is from, and it's nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, love it. Um, and we've also had another one which is um, it do, it does not to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Oh, who's that one from? Kerry again. Kerry again. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really nice one. Yeah, and yeah, just who's who's been in touch? Yeah, a couple of people missing the pod. I know Raj, mm-hmm. Tom. Tom again actually talking to him on the weekend um, you know it kind of become a routine for them and I, and I get that you know but you know we'll, we'll, we've got a couple of specials coming up um, that, that people can dive into mm-hmm. and go back to some of your favourites when there's a gap mm-hmm. as well because re-listening to something you, you do go in with a different perspective and pick up on things that you missed as well um, and we went on our first date we did on Monday that, now this was in problem now talking about friendship and kindness mm. okay I was in the gym at probably quarter past four 
on mm. Monday and had a message from a friend of mine, Jess, who I haven't spoke to for a while, saying, would I like to go to the Manic Manics gig that night? Knowing that Sarah likes them and mm-hmm. whatever, I was like, well, we'd have to sort of childcare, leave with me, how much the ticket? She went, no, I know you'll enjoy it. I'm not asking you for any money uh, for the tickets. You can just have the tickets, but I can't go. Um, so, you know, I want to make sure someone has them who can enjoy them. And I rung you, mm-hmm. and you were very tired after celebrating weddings and yep. different things on the weekend, yep. and you said no. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you you had regret. I did. And you rung me back. I rang you back. I said you'll come yeah. with me, didn't you? Yeah, but I, I didn't realise they were free, so I have that 50 quid back as well, if that's <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so, I knew I would have yeah. myself up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not, um, I think we both reflected, it was the first time we'd been to Cardiff together as yeah, well. Yeah, weird. No, it was our first proper date. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a nice one, I'll call you. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, and it, yeah, again, just to see live music, and it is almost a bit of a hint as to a possible upcoming pod yeah. that we're going to be doing. And I know we've got another um, another band that we both want to see lined up and booked ready, which may link into a Christmas special, definitely, um, potentially, which we're we're going to take our, our lovely wives to. Uh, I'm sure they'll have a fun time uh, whilst we just drink and, and go nuts yeah, and go nuts <laughs> yeah. yeah it's our christmas <laughs> do yeah it is it is it's our christmas do um so we'll let you know where we're going at some point come and join us yeah yeah um, buy us a drink you know say thank you we'll say sorry yeah and, yeah and that, like if, if people want to say thank you you know how do they do it how do they get in touch yeah we love a bit of instagram so at captain and cook pod on instagram i've done nothing with twitter for a while <laughs> um but it is at captain and cook one fill up my timeline yeah. so when i do go in there i've got lots to read um, or there's Captain and Cookpod at gmail.com. But um, all other things like carrier pigeons and just throw a paper airplane. We'll, just to we'll cost us in the supermarket. Block, block our way in the supermarket. Don't do that. Because I will ram you on you the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, until the next time, it's a tra from me. And it's a tra from him. <laughs>